Hello everyone and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast where we coach you in the word. Today we are moving into part four of aborting the new birth. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see our ears, that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. And then... Allow us to apply it to our lives and be changed into the image of your dear Son. God, we surrender ourselves now to the Holy Spirit, who is listening to the voice of Jesus, and as he hears Jesus' voice, may he reveal it to us. And as he reveals, we will receive it, and then we will release it to your people. We'll be faithful to do so. We give you praise and honor and glory in the lovely name of Jesus Christ who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Uh, get well, we want to welcome all of those of you that are joining us uh, from all over the United States of America. We, we are glad that you take a few minutes with us to study the Word of God. We pray that it's a blessing to you. Today, as I mentioned, we're going to go into part four of aborting the new birth. Uh, we're going to begin with Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. Uh, today, as we pick up and continue what we've been teaching on aborting the new birth. So here is where we start. Before I do that, though, I want to uh, encourage you to contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's Facebook messaging. We would love to hear from you. A word of encouragement, a word to let us know you're listening, a question if it's necessary. We'd love to have communications with you. And God bless you as you study the word of God. Verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now what moved the inner man? Faith in the message as the Holy Spirit reveals the gift of faith to the person. Faith agrees with the works of Jesus Christ and accepts the lordship that's been given to him. Righteousness is now the outcome. These do not work on independent levels. You cannot have the operation of the message and the spawning of faith that reveal the lordship and work of Jesus Christ, which brings righteousness under any other conditions. The process builds upon itself. Now, I want you to watch what we're, what we're, where we're going. The word is nigh thee because the Holy Spirit is bringing the message to you. Faith has been established from what you have heard preached or taught or the message by whatever means it was shared to you. You agree, and this agreement has caused faith to speak words of agreement out of your mouth. The agreement is to the works of Jesus Christ and his lordship over you. This develops righteousness in your inner man. If you hijack the process at any point, then... You abort the new birth. 
The benefits of the plan of salvation are produced and provided every one for you. Now why is that? Because the Holy Spirit produced the message. You agreed with the message, you spoke agreement with his works, and with him being your Lord. You were made then to meet the standard of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 11, For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now there is a vast difference between having the understanding of believing and making a mental assent. Believing brings man into the position of absolute agreement and understanding that what he has been told, he believes completely. And by that belief system, he is willing to live accordingly. A mental assent says, I know it so. Uh, I believe there is. But it has no depth of belief to cause that individual to operate his life according to the belief system. Verse 11, for the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There's a difference here. Believing has roots, teeth, takes grasp. So the process of believing then becomes quite clear. From that process, we operate in the spirit of life. Notice that believing brings us into a new operation. It brings us into the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus takes us out of the spirit of death and the spirit of hell, the spirit of loss, and brings us into a spirit of peace and life. If we miss this process, my friend, well, we abort the new birth. Verse 12, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Well, this simply is telling us there's no difference in the process, regardless of whether you're Jew or Greek or who you are. No matter what people group you come from, what color or from society, from what society, the process is all the same. 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here we see the essential word again. Calling on the name of the Lord surrendering to the Lord, living life bowed to the Lord. Look at the scripture. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. In calling upon him, recognizing him as Lord, they're presenting themselves holy and acceptable. Of course, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us, that's our reasonable service. Being saved, my friend, is as clear as a bell. It requires one to bow to the exalted name of Jesus Christ. It requires one to have a belief system that accepts the concept of bowing to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And then because of that belief system, accepts and agrees with the operation of the lifestyle that is Jesus Christ, bringing ourselves in submission unto him as Lord. If we fail to do this, 
we abort the development of the new birth. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Isn't that an interesting way to end that question? How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Whom they have not taken on the belief system, the change laid off the fruit of the flesh and put on the fruit of the Spirit. How shall they call on Him in whom they just say they know exists unless they have come into a belief system that changes what they do, what they say, how they act, how they live. How then shall they call on Him? How shall they believe? Here's that word again. In Him of whom they have not heard. What is that saying to us? Well, pastor, I'm not sure. Because I heard the gospel one time from my childhood friend. But there is more, my friend. You have to find your way into the Word of God, into the house of God, into the study of God, into the Word of God, and sit under the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God to help you develop your belief system. You have to hear the Word of God. Then it says, how shall they hear without a preacher? What's that saying? You need to find yourself in the house of God where the Word is being taught. Anybody that tells you that they can be a Christian without hearing the Word of God, without going to church, without assembling themselves with other like-minded people, has fallen into the state of being backslidden. They're no longer living under the blessing. Why? They aborted the new birth. How did they abort it, Pastor? They didn't go and do what Paul is teaching. Well, they couldn't call on him in whom they had not believed, so they couldn't pray. They hadn't heard, so they could not develop or build any spiritual maturity. Why haven't they heard, Pastor? Because they didn't go to church. They didn't bring themselves to the place where the Word of God is the prevalent, dominant issue. The 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 point of all that is done, all music, all teaching, and all preaching. Huh. How will you build a belief system if you're not going to go where the belief system is taught? Not going to sit with people where the belief system is lived. Not going to hear the stories, the witnesses, the victories, and sometimes the defeats. No, what happens You abort the new birth. You don't grow it and you don't develop it. Now, prayer without this process is unfruitful. Believing without the influence of the Holy Spirit will not have the desired effect. The anointed voice of a man or woman who is speaking the good news of the gospel of freedom where the Holy Spirit is able to be released to do His work is essential. Where are you going to find that? Where they're gathering to discuss the prevailing issue, the Word of God. It may be in small group. It may be in Sunday school class. It may be in the sanctuary. 
but I will guarantee you it will not be at places on Sunday morning where you are out to eat, out to the show, out to do this, that, or the other. It's not going to be there. What you're going to find is your belief system will wane, your desire to do the things that you knew brought you into the Christian way of life will wane, and the next thing you know, that birth on the inside of you, you will abort it. And you will go back to doing things that you used to do. Thinking to yourself, well, they've told me I'm saved. They've told me I'm eternally secure. Yep, they did. They told you an unsound doctrine with a half-truth. If you do not nourish, feed, take care of the new birth, you will abort it. It will die in you. Well, of course, going to church, studying the Word of God, praying, assembling yourself around other people who love God, listening to the witness of God, singing the songs of Zion, that sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Everything that Paul is talking about in Romans 10 sounds like a lot. But I want to tell you, my friend, this is Paul speaking. This isn't me. He's doing so under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, in modern Christianity, we have many that operate as if they know more than Paul. And that they operate as if they have found a better way into the kingdom. At this point, my friends, I encourage you to go back and read Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 through 20. Verse 15, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The preacher must have a calling. Well, here's where our modern Christian world has stumbled. We have men preaching the word of God because they have determined that it is the most stable paycheck. We have men preaching the word of God with no spiritual insight, no revelation, no anointing. We have men preaching the word of God out of commentaries written by others who knew no more about it than they do. Yeah, that's where our church world is today. Men are preaching and teaching things that the Bible absolutely does not teach. Follow me on my podcast where I'm talking about the real meaning of the Great Commission and you'll see what I'm talking about. We have them preaching without a calling. We have them teaching without a lifestyle. We have many things going on today that are hindrances to the gospel and the growth of the new birth. The preacher must have a calling and be operating under the three keys of ministry. Number one, they must live in and under the anointing. If the man of God of whom you are sitting under has absolutely no anointing, has no fervor, has no excitement, has no energy, has no revelation, and never demonstrates the Spirit of God, that man is not called to the ministry. Number two, they must seek and experience the revelation of the Word and the Spirit. If the man you're sitting under is preaching a liturgy, no revelation. If the man you're pre sitting under is preaching a series of sermons that he preached last year, 
no revelation. If that man that you're sitting under is preaching under a prescribed methodology of a group or an organization, no revelation. Therefore, where the man of God is not hearing from the Holy Spirit, you know the Word of God said, you need no man to teach you? If that man of God is not sitting under revelation and being led by the Spirit of God into the Word of God, into the revelation of truth that comes from the commands of Jesus Christ, then you're in the wrong church. You're listening to the wrong man. You're following the wrong doctrine. The key, number two, the man of God must seek and experience the revelation of the Word and of the Spirit. Now watch. If they don't live under an anointing, what's going to happen to you? If they don't live under any revelation and they don't live under the Word of the Spirit, what's going to happen to you? You're going to dry up. You're going to wither away. You'll be a tree that had the capacity to bear fruit, but was unable to bear fruit because you were not, as they, uh, the man said to the master, you were not dug and dunged. You were not looked after. You were not fed. So what do you do? Well, you dry up. You become disgruntled. You look around and you see how everybody else is doing because they're as dry and withered as you are. And now all of a sudden you're doing the things that they did. Contrary to the anointing. Contrary to the revelation of truth. What happens? You abort the new birth. Number three. They must demonstrate the words of Jesus Christ who is our man in the Godhead and live... By his faith. What's that mean? Well, number one, they must hear from the Spirit of God. They must receive their commands from the Spirit of God. Number two, they must live not by their faith, not by what they think, not by anything that is the wisdom of man, but they have to live by the faith of Jesus Christ. These are three ministry keys, my friend, you should look for before you go to anybody's church. Someone said, yeah, but pastor, those churches that have that spirit stuff, they're too loud. Glory to God. That place that has that spirit stuff, they like to shout a little, so what? They have an anointing in the spirit of God. You ought to desire that. You ought not to desire to go to the morgue to have church. You ought to desire to go to a place that is alive in the spirit of life that is Christ Jesus, that is giving you both life and peace. You ought to desire to walk into the house of God and sense the very presence of God. Be moved into the Spirit of God. Be moved to tears. Be touched by the power and presence of God. But all too frequently because we have not had the experience, the real experience of a changed belief system. We either don't go to church or we go to church and leave exactly as we came. Thank God. 
that when I go to church, I leave energized by the supernatural. I leave touched by the Spirit of God. Now, that leads me to the next question. Why are the feet of the ministry beautiful? Well, they're beautiful because of these three keys. They're beautiful because of the, the, the fact that they live in the anointing revelation of the Spirit and the demonstration of Jesus Christ commanding them out of the Godhead. They live with answers from the Godhead that those that are teaching and preaching a doctrine that is unsound, standing and talking without any kind of anointing, those that have no revelation or insight into the Scripture, and those that never demonstrate the Spirit of God, do not have. And here is the greater thing. They will not have whenever you need them to have. I get so many calls from people who simply ask me, will you pray, will you pray, will you pray, will you pray? They don't go to my church. They go to the church of another flavor. But when trouble comes, do you know what they want? They want the man that can touch God. They want the man with anointing. They want the man with revelation. They want the man with demonstration. They want the man that will allow the anointing and revelation and demonstration of Jesus Christ to come through him and minister to them. Now, never one time have I said that this is something I do. It is not. It is my understanding of who Jesus Christ is from the cross to the tomb to the resurrection to the high priest to the lordship and then into the man and the Godhead. Because of that understanding, the man in the Godhead can speak to me. And I then can minister for him as his man in this moment. So people call and they say, can you pray? Will you pray? Will you come? Will you do this, that, or the other? The answer is always yes. I go and never say a word. They don't come to my church. They go back where they started, where they came from. Sit under the penguin. They sit under the penguin that has no anointing, that has absolutely no revelation, but is not available, cannot help them, cannot get into the movement of the Holy Spirit at the moment when they are in trouble. My friend, this is vital that you understand. The three keys of ministry that make the man of God's feet beautiful are that he stands under the anointing, that he operates in the revelation of the Holy Spirit, and he operates in the demonstration of Jesus Christ who speaks out of the Godhead and gives commands and shows us things to come. If you remain under the current methods of tradition and doctrine of bondage. Whenever the circumstance comes, and it will, whenever the circumstance comes, and it will, you'll find no solace, no help. What will happen to you? You'll get frustrated with God. You'll become frustrated in your thought process. 
you'll become frustrated with your church. You'll become frustrated with your pastor. Statistics tell us that when that frustration occurs, many turn from God. What happens now? They abort the new birth. Huh. When the door was open, when the opportunity was present, and when the Spirit of God was speaking, for you to get to a place that could feed you, you chose not to. Then when trouble came, the common things of man, you found no way of escape. Why? Because you chose to stay with the undertaught, the undereducated, those that, did, that, that took the word of God and chose what commands they were going to follow. And trouble came, and there was no solace and no answer. And so consequently, you said, there must not be anything to this, and you aborted the word of God. You aborted the new, new birth. While all of the time there are men like myself who live in the message of peace and life. We live in the glad tidings of Jesus Christ. And we bring to you good things in that name. I want to say this one time and I want you to hear it very well. Who you are learning your Christian experience from matters. If you receive faulty doctrine, teaching, preaching, or living, then you stand to exhibit and live out a lifestyle that will eventually abort the new birth. Verse 16, but they have not, now watch this now, watch it now, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who have believed our report. So Paul concludes this uh, phase of the teaching in Romans 10 with this verse. Now under the current doctrinal beliefs, how could Paul have made such a statement? Now notice. He did not say that the Holy Spirit did not share the correct message and that he had not exposed the gift of faith to the hearer so the hearer could believe it. He did not say that they did not make a confession. We may from here then conclude that the Lordship of Jesus Christ was agreed with. We might further conclude that all of the accomplishments that began with the cross were agreed with. The idea of confronting sin and eternal death can be accepted as being done. But there is a matter and that matter is, was the continued development and faithfulness to the work in which they believed continued and done. But, Paul said, they have not all obeyed the gospel. So what was it that happened here? Disobedience, my friend. It aborted the new birth. When life moved forward, they became disobedient to the cross? No, no. They became, did they become disobedient to the work of the tomb? Absolutely. They chose the satisfaction of their flesh over the idea of burying their flesh and delivering the lordship 
of the flesh to their Lord Jesus Christ. No one really believed the report on what happens to the soul that sins, did they? No one believed that we would face Jesus as a lamb upon the cross, or if we failed to, we would face him as the lion on the throne. No one believed that we were to present ourselves and be not conformed to this world. I could go on and on with this, but I believe you get the point. Here, my friends, is the larger issue. What caused this disobedience? Well, it must have been the drawn allurement of the flesh, yes. But there's a much larger issue. For the most part, their disobedience has been brought on by sitting under things that were unsound. Teachers who taught unsound doctrine, who led the sheep into the path of eternal danger. This is done willfully and with intention by the men and the organizations who espouse a message that Paul would refer to as another gospel. Sheeple is a term that has just come up who accept the words of respected and positioned men but who do not study, research, nor seek to find truth. So what's happened? The new birth has been aborted. Disobedience is the initial work that caused the death of the seed that was planted. Most men walk around unaware that they are in harm's way spiritually. Most are very satisfied with what they have become. It's very convenient to be able to live like the world while thinking you are eternally secure. The new birth, however, has been aborted. Death is residing in the inner man. It's because of a rebellious spirit that rejects the very message of truth that was presented to them by the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for your word. Minister to your people. Open our eyes that we can see. Because God, the last thing we want to do is to be frivolous. The last thing we want to do is to be unconcerned. The last thing we want to do is to be uncaring. The last thing we want to do is to make up another doctrine and another gospel that would lead us away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Forgive us our sins, God. Forgive us. Forgive us for making this gospel to say the things that satisfy our flesh. Forgive us. I ask you to help us now. Give us peace. Give us life in the spirit of life that is Christ Jesus. We'll give you praise for it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Well, that finishes session four of aborting the new birth. We'll be back with session five, and that will probably con uh, conclude this teaching. But I want you to know, you need to be growing in Christ. You need to be walking through the steps with Jesus Christ from the cross to the tomb to the resurrection, to the tabernacle where he became the high priest and you become a priest, into his lordship, carrying right on through until you are complete in his Godhead. I challenge you to do so. We love you. We thank you for listening. May God bless you and bless his word in your life. Until we speak again.